everybody. Thank you for joining us today. I get to talk to Sierra Hammond from Hammond Urban Homestead. And Sierra is, it sounds like you're known for raising rabbits, but she's got a whole lot more going on behind the scenes, as I think every farmer in Alaska does. So um, Sierra, tell us a little bit about your homestead and what all it is that you do. So um, we accidentally became homesteaders, which is kind of ironic because it started with a garden and it went to the chickens and I had a high school teacher that messaged me back when we came back to Alaska and he said, Hey, could you take my rabbits since you know what to do with rabbits? And he gifted us all of his silver foxes. And at the time I didn't get into showing rabbits or anything, but it went on from there. So the current homestead we're at now is an urban homestead and I raise and milk Nigerian dwarf goats. I have my heritage chickens for eggs and meat and I have my rabbits and I have a few gardens all over the property. It's kind of just one big busy mess. <laughs> Those are the best kind. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, I, I love it. I enjoy it. Um, I'm an old soul at heart. So it's really funny seeing my kids, uh, learn all these things. I didn't grow up this way. I grew up fishing and hunting and living off the land. So, having the children experience farming and get to have meat rabbit for dinner and stuff like that. Like when I was a kid, they get excited and they just can't stop talking about it. Oh, that's so, really neat. What a, what a great way to raise kids too. It is. I love it. They love it. Um, it's teaching them responsibility, where their food comes from, how life begins and ends and just so many benefits I have, that's so awesome. So, so you said, um, that you, you got these rabbits from your high school teacher. The first ones I did, okay. unfortunately, um, when we moved from the first homestead on KGB, we were renting there and we moved back onto the military base to save up money so we could buy our property that we wanted to get back into it. So we downsized the rabbits, got rid of the chickens. The garden was already frozen over. It wasn't a big deal. We kept two of those rabbits. And unfortunately, um, anybody that knows me here in Alaska knows <laughs> those rabbits were awesome. My husband was in love with them. They were more pets, the buck and the doe we kept. And um, what ended up happening was a dog got into our garage when my husband left the door open, unfortunately. And the dog killed the buck the dough and the 13 babies, they were almost ready to be rehomed to other people that were waiting impatiently for these rabbits. Oh, that is so it was very sad. Um, I've never seen my husband cry Mm -hmm. and he was in the military for a long time. The only time I ever saw him cry was when his father passed from cancer. So it was really devastating seeing how heartbroken he was over it. And Um, He requested once we had a homestead again that he wanted the silver foxes back. It was just more of a, you know, sentiment thing to him. And he just loved how their personality was. Okay. So, so rather than, I know for some people it would be like, never again, never are we growing rabbits again. We're done. So yours was the opposite. No, we're going to do this. Ours, ours was the opposite. My husband likes interacting with them. He, he doesn't like eating them. He's a city boy. (laughs) As I, I laugh at him and I tell him he's a city boy all the time. He goes, yeah, I am. Um, so he doesn't like eating them. He doesn't frown upon how the children and I prefer to eat rabbit over chicken and stuff like that. He just will kind of excuse himself from the meal, yeah. which is a proper way to go about it. Yes. <laughs> so. And, you know, I think that that's important, too, to think about. You know, we have um we have a pet rabbit an mm-hmm. angora her name is chris An- actually he we just found out we had him um groomed and found out she's a he so that mm, was fun that happens <laughs> and, and um so but chrysanthemum like 
like chrysanthemum sits in the evenings if we're all like sitting on the couch watching a show mm-hmm. the dogs are on the couch abby's on the couch the chrysanthemums on the couch like we're just so the thought for me i understand people do it but the thought of eating a rabbit is is as uncomfortable as it would be to eat my dog, which I'm also not going to eat. So, um, <laughs> so it's, but so that's a hard thing really. Yeah. But, um, but I, but I, it's a, it's a, such a great source of protein and, um, it, and it's super, I love that it's very Alaska sustainable. Yes, it um, is. And, um, it's a very lean meat. So, um, I grew up in Seward and, my mom and my stepdad got a hold of a breeding trio of meat rabbits. Don't know where they got them from still to this day. They don't, they didn't even know there was a boy in the mix. Oh, And we ended up with a whole bunch of babies and we were eating rabbits. Like we would go in, there were domesticated rabbits that were released, were, were released into the wild. And what it, that's a big no-no. I really frown upon people when they say, oh, just release it. No, mm-hmm. it's actually, I believe, against the law to release domestic rabbits into the wildlife population in Alaska due to the fact of hares and rabbits are totally different species altogether. And um, so we would hunt the rabbits. We were allowed to. We would bow hunt in city limits on our property because they would eat my mom's apple orchard (laughs) yes they do they love apple trees (laughs) oh it was horrible so they would come in the yard going after her trees and my sisters and I would go outside with our little bows and arrows and get a rabbit or two and we would eat it so um it wasn't anything new to me the idea of eating rabbit it was something I've always done um it's just I don't know, like a comfort food for me at this point. It just makes me happy. I'm supplying food for my family. I'm raising these rabbits in a well-loved, well-cared-for environment. I really do care about the quality of the animal during its life Mm -hmm. before I call it. So they are very well taken care of. And sometimes it does get hard to call a rabbit, especially Mm -hmm. if it's one of those special ones, but you just have to weigh the odds when it comes to breeding animals and um, rabbits fall in my mindset as a livestock. Mm -hmm. Um, My kids know this. They'll still try to make a rabbit a pet. And we give the lecture every time rabbits are food, not pets. You can pet them. You can love them, but keep in mind, yeah. We will be eating them. And um, it's really funny seeing my five-year-old. She'll say that. And then she goes, but can I still have one? And oh. I was like, you can pet one. <laughs> so it's it's really amazing just seeing how they, they'll sit there and they'll say the same thing and be like, it's food, not a pet. And it's a nice little reminder to remind your children when you are doing a homestead mm-hmm. that not every animal in the homestead can be a pet. It's true. And don't let them name their chickens when they get chicks. That's we have. Yeah, that's our big one right now. Um, we just got done hatching a whole bunch of chicks. We sold out. And as soon as they were hatching, my kids are like, oh, let's name them. I was like, yeah, it's called one, two, three, four, and five. And they all go by. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, we don't get to keep any. I was like, nope, we have way more animals coming in in the next two months of birds alone um to raise for meat Mm -hmm. and I said you know uh no we don't name our chickens we we have names for our goats goats they kind of need a name they're very smart creatures yeah um rabbits are quite intelligent too I've had a few that have learned how to open latches on cages oh my goodness um those ones did get rehomed as pets though because they were raised as house pets at the very beginning when Uh we bought our property. Very good. Well, that's good to, it's good to know. I think every animal has personality. And I was just talking um, with, and this isn't the, the point of this, the show is not about um, the difference between um, like feedlot type or, you know, animals or animals that are raised inhumanely for meat versus humanely. But I do hear over and over the more meat producers that I'm talking to up here, the difference between, you know, um, just, you know, you know, your animal, you're raising your animal to the best, um, 
quality that you can yeah. and giving them the best life that you can. And I, I think that's, that's just, there's something to be said for that. And, and it's so easy to ignore. I do it. I ignore, you know, the pictures of the the horrific conditions that a lot of our meat animals are being raised in. And, um, but it's just, it's good to know that there's, there's good conditions out there. So let's just jump into, um, the nitty gritty of, um, I want, I want to just kind of talk about what, what all is, is, um, entailed in raising meat rabbits. So, um, so let's start with breeds. What are some good breeds for meat rabbits, especially for Alaska and what makes them a good breed? So, um, what I would suggest is, Think about what you want, what size of animal you're interested in, and what fits your ideal of what you want meat for. Now, I I know that the Californians are a really great meat source. Um, They are made for meat production, and they have great um, growth rate. So their meat and bone ratio is really good. I believe I'm not a breeder for them. So I don't know the average calling period from birth to the age, but I think it is around um, 16 weeks. About oh, there. so similar, a little longer than a chicken. Yes, 16 okay. weeks. Okay. Um, so that's about four or five months yeah, old. Yeah. Um, you kind of go for that range. Um. I raised silver foxes, so I know them pretty well. I've raised um, other breeds. So another few great meat breeds that we have up here in Alaska, and there's a lot of breeders that have them, are um, Raxes, the Californians, Satins, and let me think of one more. I would say silver fox. There's probably a few more. It depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for rabbits with a nice demeanor that are not going to put a big fuss, um, then I would go for the more mellower breeds. Do your research before you get into it. Um, There's a lot of rabbit breeding clubs up here. There's two rabbit breeding clubs up here. And there's one in Fairbanks and there's one in the Matsu Valley. And there's all sorts of groups on Facebook you can go on to and just ask a question and all of us breeders will answer your questions. Um, Another good breed just popped up in my head are the Champagne Viargents. It's a French breed, but they're really big, nice rabbit, very friendly demeanor. Um, your rabbit, your meat rabbit's going to, you're going to look for something that you would see in, um, a nice depth on the back. You're going to feel it. You're not going to feel any bones. You won't feel any hip bones protruding, nothing like that. Um, another thing you're going to want to look for is when you go to that final stage of picking your breed and finding a breeder please buy from a breeder that sells pedigree rabbits and they show them. If you show them, you're keeping up with the standards with the Mm -hmm. rest of the country on your breed. You're not falling back on um, shoulders or the thighs or the loin. Um, If you're losing that in your breeding stock, then it's more of, you're not buying the best quality you can. You can buy. I know some people are just going to be like, oh man, I don't want to pay this much money to start off with. Um, for me to get started back into Silver Foxes, it cost me a couple hundred. I just spent a couple more hundred getting new rabbits from the East Coast sent up here. Mm, okay. And it gets expensive if you go that route. But if you improve your lines, you improve your meat quality. And that is the biggest point. And I know everybody's going to want to keep the babies. <laughs> They're so cute. They are stinking cute and they will win your hearts over the runs, especially. We have this discussion every time at our shows, but um, 
you're going to want to get a hold of a breeder once you do your research and figure out what would work best for you and your family. I think that's a great answer. So what is there, is there anything different as far as Alaska goes with breeds of rabbits? It's not, it's not like they spend any time outside or anything. So, well, um, <laughs> my rabbits, uh, there's two different setups you can do for rabbits. Okay. You can have, well, okay. There's a few different, I got to rephrase that. I don't, I don't do a colony. A colony is where you keep all your females in one big hive and all your bucks in a big hive. You end up with damage done to your rabbits due to fighting, in my opinion, and disease and sickness will spread faster. So I have mine in, um, we just built a rabbit barn and they are all in cages, nice, beautiful cages. I put together. Everybody has perfect space, more than enough space. And I prefer that way because they can't harm each other mm-hmm. and they're not stuck sitting in their waist. Yeah. I would rather it drop through and away from them so they don't end up with any cuts or sores or burns. So there's different setups you can do. Um, I have a rabbit hutch outside and I keep my bucks out there because they like to be a little messy and I, I would like to not get peed on when I walk in again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. And something, I guess, if you're brand new to rabbits, I will share our small experience when, uh, when our, when our older kids were in um, high school, one of them decided to do rabbits for 4-H, I think yeah. is what we're doing. Cause we did pigs and we did, we were um, super involved in 4-H and um but we didn't really know what we were doing. And so we had just the rabbits in a cage. And the thing is, rabbits are cute and they're fun. So you just think, oh, they're just these cutest little animals. And this is going to be just great. They're horrible. They're vicious to each other. And we didn't expect that. And we had um, the must have been three males. I don't remember. Two of them started peeing on the other one all the time. And they, so then we finally talked to someone and they said, oh yeah, they'll, they'll do that. That's, you know, you need to, you have to separate them. But I had no idea that we had to separate them. And so not only was he getting peed on, but his fur fell out because of the, like he was burned from the urine and acid. What a horrible, this is not what we were expecting with these cute little rabbits. So, um, so there, it's just good to walk into it Mm -hmm. being a little bit more aware. So, so you talked a little bit about, um, shelter. So what do you, what is the best setup for them as far as housing and shelter and, um, recreation? Do they, do they, are they just in their shelter all the time or, um, you know, I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. So, um, I do cages and everybody has a wire bottom. There is a, we call it the poop chute and all of the waste falls into that. And it goes down into my garden bins and then compost the rabbit poop. It's good stuff. (laughs) Oh, you just stick it straight on there. Yes. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. So, um, and then I have another cage below it and there's no, waste going on to those rabbits or anything. Um, I do have one that is getting peed on and I found out it was because of the buck because I was in there and he's in the center of two does and he decided he was just going to spray everywhere and her head was just in the way and it's just one of those I would rather have all my bucks outside yeah (laughs) because they just um they spray so do does and um, the only way you're going to minimize that is just taking one of the opposite genders away. They okay. won't be marking as much. Okay. And, um, hutches are the best way to go. Honestly, okay. they're outside. You do have to make sure you have three closed sides. So it doesn't end up being like a wind tunnel. We live in the Valley. It is so windy here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my box outside, they're doing great. They're not in direct sunlight. Rabbits like it cold. The summer is the worst part for them up here. They prefer the cold. Um, They're meant to be cold. They build a beautiful winter coat. Amazing. Our rabbit barn isn't heated. It's 
pretty much heated by the heat they produce. So sometimes their water bottles are still not frozen in the morning, which is awesome. That's great. That's really good. So what do you typically feed your rabbits? So I do, um, depends on the feed you're using. Now, some breeders prefer pellets Mm -hmm. over doing hay. I do both. Okay. And I am very, very strict about the feeding. Everybody gets a cup of pellets. Everybody gets all the hay they want. I will go through and I put a heaping handful in each cage for each rabbit. A lot of it goes to waste, but I don't feel bad about the waste because they're getting the nutrients and the fiber from the hay. And Mm -hmm. that's really important. Rabbits are not meant to eat carrots like Bugs Bunny. Um, Kale can cause colic. You can feed them a little like a treat, but nothing in huge amounts. You can't give them a head of cabbage. I'm putting this out there because a lot of rabbits end up do end up expiring or passing away due to the fact that they got colic from something they ate. And it's super easy, like a horse. They get colic, they're, they can't burp, they can't pass gas. So it's just um, really important to keep up with what you're doing. You can't just randomly switch their feed. Even with the pellets, you can't just randomly throw a different brand of pellets at them. Different mixtures of stuff in it will cause their stomach to get upset. And it's a really good balancing act when you do both. Some people just do 100% pellets or 100% hay. I like doing them both because they get the vitamins and stuff that they can't get from the hay once it's aged in the barn way too long. So... To me, it just seems like a little teeter-totter act, but um, when you do get rabbits from a breeder, generally they'll give you a good size bag of feed or tell you the brand that they were feeding the rabbits and you can go and buy that brand. I don't, um, I just kind of stick to my little thing and it works so far. My rabbits have been hitting their target weights and that was really important because prior years, I had problems with them hitting their adult weight at certain ages. I see. So, and they don't, I don't know much because our um, chrysanthemum is small. She's certainly not a meat. He certainly is not a meat rabbit, but um, how much would they typically eat? Um, Like, is it just you? Well, you said it's a cup, right? Is that what you said? It depends on your feed. Some feed brands, um, I did a lot of research in feed. So yeah, <laughs> I've had people down in the States ask me for opinions recently. And what I've learned is certain brands of feed, they give you a suggestion on their website of how much you feed per pound of the rabbit. Mm-hmm. I target for that adult weight. So I feed them as um, juniors. That's when they're off their mom mm-hmm. and they're no longer nursing. Um, that um, that amount or a little bit more because they're growing. Right. And then when they're seniors, which is their adult weight, uh, and age, that's when I only stick to that recommended amount. I and see. sometimes okay. it's just a flexing it a little due to our winter climate. We do get cold spells. They need more nutrients to help them build that heat. Or if they're molting, they need just a little extra. That makes sense. And we do give, I had learned that about carrots. Um, and, um, one thing chrysanthemum loves are apples, um, but she just gets a little sliver of an apple. It's just a little treat. It's not, um, she doesn't get an entire apple. Um, so can you give us an overview of the kind of breathing, breeding, excuse me, breeding and birthing process? So, um, once your doe, a doe is the female and the buck is a male, kind of like goats, if you're catching my drift there or deers. So what ends up happening once your doe, let's use silver foxes as an example, since I know those really well. And a doe breeding period is towards the end of their intermediate age. And it's more at the seven, eight months period, I don't breed until they hit the target weight of a senior. So that's about 10 pounds 
explore a little bit more, I, sometimes a little less if I know she's not going to make it there due to her body frame. Okay. And then I'll breed her to a buck that will help fix that in her offspring. I see. So, um, so essentially you're not breeding them until they're full grown. I'm not breeding them until they're full grown. There is no point. I had, uh, an oopsie litter and mm. it was, it was my fault. I just didn't think it was old enough to happen. And the litter was born on the wire to a first time mom. Generally they'll make a nest, even if they don't have hay, they'll rip their hair off their chest and their dewlap. But what ended up happening was she had no idea. And um, some of the babies got overgroomed, which means that they were eaten a bit. Mm. And they were, it literally happened within a 15 minute period. She was fine when I walked in. I left and I came back with the water bottles and there were babies everywhere. And it was just super cold and they already were mm. gone. I tried to revive them, everything, but it was too long, just yeah. that 15 minutes. And that happens, but you don't want it to and, no. and learning as much as you can yes. beforehand. Um, so definitely making sure that they are, you know, full grown before they're yes. with and the because it can happen sooner than you think. <laughs> it can. Um, they can breed as early as a few months old and you just don't want that because you're causing damage to the rabbit mm-hmm. and the the litter won't make it and you don't know if you're going to breed the next time you breed her when she's older if she's going to be a good mom or not yeah so 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 you breed and she gives birth mm-hmm. and then how long are the babies with the mom so the babies are with mom for eight weeks. I know okay. some people pull them way sooner. I, a lot of breeders do frown upon that because it's just the moms. I have a litter that's six weeks old. They're still nursing on their mom mm. and they need that nutrients to get to the size they need to be. Because once you take that away, you're stunting them. You're yeah. causing malnutrition they're not weaned fully off mom, everything. And it, it causes other issues later on down the road. I've noticed. Okay. Okay. And, um, that makes sense. And then how soon again, so now you've bred mama, she, she's got eight weeks old, eight week old baby. So now you've separated them. Mm -hmm. When would you breed her again? So I would breed her, my opinion, I would breed her when the babies are about four to five weeks old. Oh, so while and they're still with her. While they're still with her, she won't be gaining the fat back onto her insides. Okay. So what ends up happening is if you overfeed your rabbit and they become over the recommended weight mm-hmm. for that breed, they most likely are all fat on the inside. It's not muscles. Okay. So you have to be really diligent on what you feed because they eat anything that like apples, carrots, celery, um, kale, there's sugars in that. Mm -hmm. And it causes their body to gain fat, to turn that sugar into fat, to store for famine. Mm -hmm. And the problem is when you have meat rabbits, they don't really go through that and they'll end up packing all that fat on their reproductive organs. And if that happens, you end up with false pregnancies. You end up with extremely small litters for breeds that are supposed to have large litters, Um, very small babies. And the list, it can even end up with her ending up being sterile. Oh, wow. So it's a really big deal, the nutrition you give your rabbit Mm -hmm. and the amount so you don't end up with those issues. Okay. So, so you breed her again at like when the babies are like four or five weeks. Yeah. Four or five weeks. I did it this time around five. Um, the babies were very, <laughs> very energetic and they're very large. Okay. So I do plan on removing them at the day they turn eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, our runt that was a fraction the size of the biggest one is now caught up due to the fact it's been with mom this whole time yeah and same with the rest of the litter they're all evening out in their growth which is great that's wonderful but I she'll end up having her new litter a week or two after her babies are gone so that that was my question so how long my next question how long is their gestation 
It depends on the breed. Silver foxes are about 30 to 33 days. Oh, wow. So it's a month. Um, <laughs> we've got a funny story to do with that. February threw me off. So I thought my doe named Chai was due on the 8th. No, she was due on the 10th. And then she just had her litter yesterday. Oh, boy. And we were in the garage at the time we were getting ready to leave to go pick up farm supplies and our goat that was getting bred. And as we were leaving, I heard the first squeak <gasps> and I walked over and she was cleaning the baby and <laughs> she had her nest already made and everything. It was great. And I was like, Oh, you're going to be a good mom. Well, she put her babies. She made a nest next to the nesting box. And first time does will do this. It's the second time this year it's happened. <laughs> Uh-oh. So I pick up the whole nest and yes, you can touch the babies. Okay. Mom's not going to reject them. She's already, your smells all over her feed, her water bottles, her cage, everything. She's used to you. You can pick up the babies and put them in the other nesting box with the nest that she made. Okay. And she's been taking care of those six little healthy babies. Aww. And, um, those babies will be with her for eight weeks and on the condition of those babies, it will determine it when I breed her again. Okay. So if the babies are big and healthy and she's producing enough milk for them, I might breed her before the eight weeks. Okay. But if those babies are looking scrawny and not nice and plump and fed, then I would reconsider um, breeding until later. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so, so let's take a silver fox, for example, how many litter, first of all, how many, what are they called? What are baby rabbits kits. called? Kits. How like many kittens? Okay. Like so how many kits are typically like, what would just be an average? I realize it can probably range from two to 12. I have no idea, but what is the average and how many can she produce in a year typically? So how many litters would she have? Well, you could breed her every month of the year. Wow. I would not. Mm-hmm. I believe in giving those poor mamas a break. You're going <laughs> to ruin give the moms a break. <laughs> you're going to ruin their condition, yeah. their quality, and most likely the quality of future generations from her. That makes sense. So um, I, I only breed during the spring and summer. I okay. don't breed in the fall and winter. Well, I consider spring February. So don't listen to me. <laughs> I start breeding in February. Okay. I do. And then I will end in July will be my last breeding session. Okay. So the babies will be ready in September to leave mom and be in tractors or grow out pens to be processed when they're big enough. Okay. And then, and how long is that? So from the time a baby is born until it's ready to be processed, um, I, I'm getting, I'm jumping it's, ahead on the question. Yeah. Sorry. Um, how long it does that take? It, it depends on the size of rabbit you want. Target weights. I would go for a five pound rabbit. You're going to get about three pounds of meat with bone. Okay. Um, the fur does add weight. Um, but the furs are beautiful too. If yeah. you breed them properly, you'll end up with really pretty fur coats and or fur pelts. That's what they're called. Pelts. And, um, so I generally process once they hit about six pounds, so it takes longer. Um, and then, and they're, they're about like this big. At okay. Six pounds. Okay. And I, that's, and that's about the 16 weeks that you were saying. That's about 16 to 20 weeks around okay. that time period. Um, I end up processing a lot. I will keep the ones that I think would do well later on for improving the lines. Mm-hmm. If I see features I like silver foxes, they're, um, the problem is we have to wait for their silvering to determine if we want to keep them or not. Okay. And what so, does that mean? What does it mean to be silvering? So silvering is like ticking on them. So if you've seen, oh, what's a good example. Let me see if I can find the silver foxes on here real quick. Sure. I brought my book of all rabidness. (laughs) That's a, it's got a lot of good information in there. So while you're looking for that, um, how much, if you just had to throw out a ballpark, how much do you think it costs to raise a rabbit from baby to harvest? Um, 
one or the litter? To to per rabbit. Or if you want to tell the litter, we can divide it. We by. can we can do it by the litter, <laughs> okay. and then you can divide it by the number in the litter, including mother, because you have to feed mother from birth sure. on. So this litter I have now, I've been working on that. Okay. Um, they have gone through one bag of feed and they're six weeks old now. And this is the same bag I fed mom through pregnancy on until six weeks. Okay. And a bag of feed generally depends. It's like 30 to 40 bucks on whatever you're it's buying. Up so much. It's do you use the Alaska Mill and feed? stuff or do um, something different? Yeah, I use Alaska Millen feed okay. and I use other other feeds as well. I like um, Alaska Millen feed feeds because they tr- they still package in 50 pound bags um, and a lot of the other feeds that you buy at the store don't. So my, my I'm just saying that to recommend that a lot of times um, you might be figuring um, because I did this, um, I was figuring the cost assuming that my bag was a 50 pound bag of feed because I thought all feed bags were 50 pounds, but it was only 40, 42, I think, which was a major bummer mm-hmm. um, because it totally fouled up my, my math. So just make sure that, you know, your bags of feed are that you're, that you're using the actual poundage. Yeah. So, so um, silvering is this. Okay. So they are silver guard hairs. Okay. And the hair is silver spread out so they have black guard hairs and silver and it ends up being a gamble when you do breed them because you don't know who's going to end up with heavy silver and look like a champagne d'argent or who's gonna look like a satin because they're completely black okay i've had happen that's why i'm like it really depends silver foxes if you're going for pelts you're going to end up with a lot of different silvering. <laughs> okay. And so, and that happens over time. No. So, oh no. Okay. So, um, champagne d'argents, because I own one, um, they end up completely black when they're born. Okay. The older they get, the more silver they'll get. And mm-hmm. the more they end up looking almost like a bubbly white gray color like they end up older in age they silver out every time um more silver every shedding um silver foxes i have not noticed that okay and you'll end up with one at um six months sometimes that look like a champagne d'argent they're just completely silvered i have a buck and he's gorgeous but He's more silver than silver fox. So, oh, okay. <laughs> like he's completely, you barely see any black besides on his head. And wow. it just throws you off sometimes. I have to label his cage for anybody going into the rabbit barn that this is a silver fox. Okay. So they don't end up switching those two cages because mm-hmm. rabbits don't like their cages switched around. Oh, they're kind of creatures of habit. Yes. Okay. Very much so. Um, If you move... Oh, you know what? Um, if you end up moving them too much, they'll end up with a lot of stress and it does cause issues. They get stressed. They'll stop eating. Yeah. So you don't want that. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. So, um, okay. So let, so back to the questions, you said that you typically raise them 16 to 20 weeks, right? Um, and the cost, I guess um, we didn't finish that. So yeah. the cost to raise a meat rabbit from baby to harvest, you said with an entire litter, you've got a litter entire of six litter. plus mom. Is that right? Seven plus mom. Seven plus so mom. So that's eight rabbits. Okay. They went through one bag of feed okay. in the six weeks. Okay. So now we're going to take mom away from that feed and it's going to end up about by the time you process them you've probably already spent, well, you've probably already bought about four bags of feed. Let's say they're going through a bag of feed a month at this point, because now they're not on mom. They're eating hay and they're drinking water. Now they're getting all their nutrients from pellets, hay, and water. Okay. And you'll end up going through four bags of feed and possibly three bales of hay before you butcher Oh, and the three bales of hay. Yes. Okay. So, so your feed is like 35 bucks, right? 
my feed's like 28 bucks. 28. Okay. So we could say $30, $30 <laughs> times four. Okay. We're going to do the math for you really quick. Plus a bale of hay is what? 18 bucks. 25. 25. Ah, plus 75 um, equals that's $195. And then we're going to divide that by seven. Yes. Seven divided by seven. So you're spending about $30 a rabbit. Yes. 27, about 27, 28. Um, there, and plus there, there's always those extra little costs, maybe, um, medications or, or, you know, whatever um, that you do. seems like there's always with, with most animals, there's always some little, you know, I found out with rabbits, they're very resilient compared to let's say goats or chickens. <laughs> I've only had to bring them to the vet only a few times due to litters catching colds Okay, due to them getting chilled once they were transitioned outside okay and yeah that adds up when you bring in a whole litter yeah sure but I've only had to take animals to the vet two times okay so it's a lot cheaper than let's say your average goat expenses per month okay (laughs) yeah no kidding (laughs) so so if you're spending about 20 we're gonna just round up and say 30 dollars at the Mm -hmm. most on per rabbit yeah and so, um, so let's just dig into that math just a little bit more. So how much meat do you get from the average rabbit? Is it like one meal or two meals? It's, I'm feeding a family of seven. Okay. So we go through one rabbit okay. for a meal. Okay. Um, and I generally put the rabbit in a roaster and I roast it before I get to making the actual dish. I like to roast it with the bones and all. Okay. And... Then I will shred the meat off of the carcass and make a stock from the carcass, what's left, and prepare dinner with the meat. Okay. And um, generally those end up being like my rabbit pot pie, rabbit curry, um, shredded barbecue rabbit. Okay. And just simple things. It's a great substitute for chicken. I was going to say just about anything you can do with chicken, apparently you can do with rabbit. Yes. Okay. Very good. Um, okay. So how do you preserve the rabbits? Do you freeze them or? So I've frozen them due to the fact that I like to keep the body intact Mm -hmm. after I get done processing the rabbit and, um, they do pretty well. I just stick them in a gallon Ziploc bag and just squish the air out and zip it and toss it in there and they don't get freezer burn or anything that nice for us so could you do them when we process our chickens we dunk them we use those shrink wrap bags so we dunk them in the hot water and could you could you do that or so unless you're gonna go around the knuckle of the paw so like a chicken you go right at the nut the Mm -hmm. knee and you cut it Mm -hmm. and you break those ligaments unless you do that with the paw you can't okay so um gonna sound barbaric but a lot of breeder a lot of rabbit people do this you take your garden clippers and after you've already dispatched the animal and you drain the animal and you're getting to the point of skinning the animal Mm -hmm. you take your garden shears and you snip off those front paws and then at the end when you're done hanging the rabbit and pulling everything out you'll snip the back legs okay and it ends up breaking those bones so they're sharp Okay. So I only do them in the gallon bags and sometimes they just don't like to roll up perfectly. Like you see online. I don't know how they do that. Mine just kind of lay there in the bag (laughs) and I'm like, oh, well, whatever it works. You know, it's good to know. It's always good to know that sometimes what we see online isn't what's really happening. And, um, so, so when, when yours doesn't turn out the way that, that, you know, this picture perfect, um, that's yeah. okay. Nobody's is. <laughs> no, nothing ever is in life. <laughs> so what is, what does rabbit taste like? So, um, goodness. It kind of is like a mixture of the dark and white meat of a chicken. It's okay. really good. I like dark meat and white meat. So depending on where you're getting your cut on, on the rabbit, like it, to me, it just tastes like chicken. So okay. that's why I substitute a lot of my recipes with it. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. And then do rabbits have other uses on the farm besides being a source of protein? Yes. All right. I love this. <laughs> I answer. have to say yes, because um, 
I use their compost and my, or their pellets, their poo in my garden Mm -hmm. as the main source of fertilizer. I don't use fertilizers in my garden. I just pack it with rabbit poop and the plants just explode. Um, I've grown everything from corn to beans, to squashes, to tomatoes that way. And even houseplants, I'll even throw it in there once in a while and be like, oh, you look sad here. I have extra free. (laughs) I don't have to pay a penny really. So it's really nice. Um, It's a good filler for your pots and plants. And it's, there's a lot of benefits to it. It's a cold compost. It's not hot. So it's not like chicken manure where you have to wait for it to age. Right. Right. And um, if you do a rabbit tractor, when you're planning on doing meat rabbits, you're fertilizing your lawn and they're trimming your lawn. So it's not really a bad deal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And it's a whole lot nicer. We use chicken tractors for our chickens and Mm -hmm. it's great. It's, it's perfect, but you can't walk out there after because chickens are gross and and rabbit poo is completely, it's not that splat. It's no, it's little pellets. They stay in pellets. They're like little perfect fertilizer pellets. Yep. It's much nicer to step in. (laughs) And then uh, another good use for rabbits on the homestead is if you're interested in learning how to tan, since you're already butchering the rabbits and you're stuck with a pelt, Mm -hmm. you can start practicing tanning on a pelt that you just got done processing a rabbit with and you're not spending extra money or anything like that. Um, And you're you're utilizing the whole rabbit, which I think gives so much more honor and respect to the life of the animal. And you're, you're eating the rabbit, you're eating the bones, you're using the waste, you're, you're using the pelt. No, every, the rabbit can be so useful for a homestead. I know some people really don't see it that way, but I've almost centered our whole homestead around rabbits Mm -hmm. um, due to the fact that they are amazing little workers. You get a lot of um, things out of them that you can use almost right away. Okay. Perfect. So I think that answers all the questions about growing rabbits for meat, but I know that you also enjoy showing rabbits and this is, this is where it's going to get fun. I think for you to talk about. So, so I, um, just, um, why don't you just go ahead and go into all the things having to do with showing rabbits? So, um, showing rabbits, it's really awesome and it's fun and the community is just amazing people all around. Um, I am part of the I can't even remember their abbreviation at the moment, <laughs> but I'm uh, a member of the rabbit showing group in Wasilla, Matsu area. And I've met all the breeders I've even bought rabbits from, mm-hmm. and I just admire the bejesus out of them. They are just great people all around. Um, and it's a great community. You can find anybody that knows everything. Like they've been breeding rabbits for over 30 years, a lot of them and everything else. Great information. Um, I enjoy it because one, you're checking the quality of your stock and that's really important to me. I don't want to be raising something that I'm raising wrong. Mm -hmm. I want to do it right. And it costs a little money to join the club. It costs a little money to show, but it's nothing major. And you're having people that are judges coming and looking at your rabbits and you get to see every other breed there. And it's not just all meat breeds. There's pet breeds. There's Flemish giants. And is a Flemish giant a meat breed? No, really? That's so much. No, meat, no, it's not. It's, it's not really not. Nope. Every breeder that's ever bred Flemish Giants will tell you, do not, do not. This is a whole rant we all have. (laughs) And I even talked to one of my friends. She was a breeder for over 30 years and she bred uh, Flemish Giants. And I was like, hey, so Flemish Giants for me. And she says, she looked at me and she's like, don't you even go there. You know. And I was like, you know, (laughs) it's more bone than meat. So uh, come at me, people. I swear. So so it's similar probably in structure to our chrysanthemum, who is an Angora. We just had her. She looked massive. And then he now he. he. And then we shaved him and it was like, there's nothing left of this poor rabbit. I, I have an Angora and she's the same way. I 
I just shave her. I, I just don't have the patience to sit there and groom her every month and yeah. stuff like that. It's too much with everything else. But yeah. um, there are breeds meant for meat. Angoras originally were used for meat oh. and their fur. That's why I got one. Okay. And I wanted to do it for meat and fur. And then... I just wanted to do her for fiber because I was spinning. So you can use rabbits even for spinning if you buy the long hair breeds. Okay. And it's just a lot more work putting that out there right now. So so that kind of goes back to other uses on the homestead. Yes. Other uses on Um, the homestead. If you're looking for fiber, you can get rabbits for meat and fiber. Nice. And you're just going to have to work on that breed to line breed. It's called to build up the meat structure on that rabbit. It might impact the fur a little, but if you're not showing them, it's not a big deal. Showing, on the other hand, we are breeding for the best qualities to make the best rabbit. There's a long criteria for every breed that they have to meet. Okay. And we are trying to win legs. And legs are little cards that say, oh, you won this leg. Once you get so many legs, you can register your rabbit And then you can grand champion them. And that's a big deal if you have grand champions in your line because you've line bred them until they were a perfect copy. Okay. And that's kind of what you look for in your rabbits when you get into any kind of rabbit. You want to make sure they breed perfect copies. You don't want to end up with one of your silver foxes looking like Angora. That means there was an Angora somewhere in that line. (laughs) Somewhere back there. (laughs) And you don't know. And it can be like that with pedigrees, but they are listed for four generations of what is in that line. Okay. And things will always pop up. All rabbits at one point were one type of rabbit. Okay. Or a a mixture of everything thrown together and they just bred it back over and over and over to make those types so showing falls in with arba arba is the american rabbit breeders association and if you ever want to find information to do with what breed you want the book's a little pricey but if you ever get into rabbits and really want to do your best I highly suggest getting this book and it's called the it's arba standard of perfections yes for those listening to the audio (laughs) And, um, it's a great book and I always refer back to it. I'll take this book out to my barn when I'm looking over my rabbits Okay. before breeding or even before a show to see who am I taking this time? Cause a rabbit will change their condition no matter what they'll molt. If you say show in the rabbit barn, it's not a joke. They will <laughs> blow their coat and you will have this rabbit that has different dimensions of fur due to it just decided, oh, we're doing something important today. (laughs) Oh, no, we're not. So it happens. And, you know, earlier you were mentioning your rabbit, you thought it was a female Mm -hmm. and it, the, we call it the gender fairy came by (laughs) and, um, it happens all the time. Really? All of us breeders, even the most experienced, will sit there and be like, oh, no, it's a doe. It's a doe. It's a doe. And then one day the at show, the judge flips it over, looks and goes, that is a buck. <laughs> and all of us just drop our jaws like, what? <laughs> no. As if the breeders can't tell, right? Right. <laughs> and it's just, it just happens sometimes I've been lucky I haven't had it happen to me yet but I've seen it happen to others and Mm -hmm. I'm just like oh no and they're like that's not awesome (laughs) that's not good yeah so what makes a good show rabbit if someone's interested in doing first of all you can do rabbits for in 4-H if your kids are interested in a rabbit is definitely a program that you can do in 4-H and and I just can't recommend 4-H enough so yes 4-H is amazing I awesome I really wish I could convince my kids to do it they're just they're just like, no, we just like doing what we do here. And, but they're willing to show rabbits at mm-hmm. our club. Okay. So they just don't want to, for my kids, they just like, I don't want to do extra work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of extra work. Yeah. And if your kids are considering 4-H, I'm just going to throw this in mm-hmm. there because it's a big commitment. You are, I don't know how rabbits are, but I, we did pigs. Um, we did horse 4-H and with our pigs when, for the market, we had to drop them off at the fair. I don't remember what day it was, but then for 10 whole days, 
um, we live in about an hour and 20 minutes from the fair. And yeah. it was required that our kids be there in the morning to feed. And then we come home and we have to be there in the evening to feed and then come home. It was a huge commitment. So moms, if you're in 4-H and you want your kids to do the fair, just know that it's not just a commitment for your kids. If, unless they're driving, it's a huge commitment for you too. Cause you're going to be going to Palmer twice a day, fighting fair traffic, fighting fair traffic. Oh, Don't forget that part. I did the show. <laughs> um, our rabbit club did a show there last, um, last state fair. And it was awesome. It was a lot of fun, but oh my goodness. It was a bit of a hassle trying to get through to even bring our animals in. Yeah. And, and we have um, our own gate. You have your own gate. So once you can get past like the, or we did anyway. Oh, for um, us, it ended up being a juggle because the livestock were coming in that day too. Oh gosh. <laughs> and everybody, and we had to go through the vet check. Uh-huh. And yeah. I was like, oh, I've never had to do a vet check before. It was real quick and simple. Yeah. All of us breeders keep our animals very healthy. We mm-hmm. don't. We don't bring anything at all anywhere. Yeah. We quarantine them or ends up being a call if we know they can't recover. So, um, but showing is a great way to just check your stock. It's a great way to meet people, see other breeds, see if you're interested in other breeds. And I couldn't, I couldn't recommend more than enough to go to the show before you get into meat rabbits, see all the breeds, ask the breeders questions pet the breeds if they let you some rabbits are known for being nippy and at the state fair we had too many people sticking their fingers in cages Mm -hmm. and we had to take our nipping rabbits and hold them the whole time oh boy and i'm glad the silver foxes aren't really motivated to nip or anything it's more of the i've i've noticed more of the smaller breeds have a little bit of a attitude okay okay (laughs) but that's my opinion I'm not a small breed rabbit breeder I Mm -hmm. like the um it's it's called a class six rabbit Mm -hmm. and they're just a medium-sized rabbit they don't go into the giant category like a Flemish does or a continental giant which I don't even know if those are registered or recognized yet with Arba but um Silver foxes, satins, raxes, nothing miniature or mini or dwarf okay. is in that class. And um, it's a really fun size for me, at least. And my kids really enjoy it over miniatures. We've had them before. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So so, so how would a person know? I guess maybe the best thing to do rather than, than getting into Rabbits 2 show would be maybe to go to a show, find out, you know, what... Because there's so much to it. There's so much to, you know, the confirmation that you don't know until you've actually seen it. And and it and it always helps to see two rabbits side by side. Yes. And this is this is pot this is this is good. This is a little less positive, you know, um, all all those kinds of things. Too, I was so. just trying to look up what the club name was and something popped up. <laughs> that's that's okay. why that sound was there. Oh, that's so embarrassing. That's um okay. I was trying to look up the club name for some reason. Um, so you guys could look up the group. I'll add it to the so, show notes. You can awesome. send it to me. And I'll, I'll send it to, it to you notes. then. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Um, just because we do have a calendar we actually sold um, that had our dates on it for events. Oh, okay. And there's youth shows just for children. Oh, nice. And we do that a couple times a year. And it's great for the kids because they get to have their own little ribbons. Like mm-hmm. I... I, I believe they all get a ribbon for just participating. And then on top of that, if their rabbit gets best of breed or best opposite sex of breed or best in show or reserved in show, um, they get a ribbon and a little trophy for that. Oh. So it's super awesome. And it just boosts those kids' confidence with handling livestock. And I know with the 4-H, it's a revolved around the state fair when they get to show their mm-hmm. animals, correct? Yeah, yeah. There's no other showings. Um, no, okay. not, not with the big livestock. I'm not sure like with chickens and, and I, I rabbits and stuff like that. I have, I have no, no idea. idea, but I know with the big livestock, the only, yeah. they don't leave the farm till they, till well, they that's go nice. to, yeah, <laughs> well, we have to, on your way, you have to stop and get them weighed. And then oh, um, do you have to go to the weigh station. We do because, because it's official. You, they have to be, and I can't even remember the weight now, but pigs at least had to be a certain weight in order to be able to be in the show. So we had to take them to get them weighed and then oh, we take goodness. them to the fair. So I'm just trying to think of like 
you had to drive all the way towards Anchorage to the way station? No, no, or? no. There was a, there was one in Palmer. I don't, oh, it's okay. been several years, but it wasn't that far. I think it was, there was a, anyway, it doesn't Yeah. Matter. Okay. Um, yeah. It doesn't. I'm just curious. Sorry. They may weigh them <laughs> there now. Cause I think that it was that um, butcher place where they went and I think it's closed. So I they the opened one. a new one. Oh, there may be. In the same spot. I don't know. I can't even keep track anymore. <laughs> it's really sad with how things close and open so it's, fast. It evolves really quickly. So anyway, so back to show rabbits. If the kids, if kids are interested in doing it, then um, then there's shows for kids yes. and there's shows for adults. And so I feel like almost with shows, it's there's a little bit less. Can you go more just like on what you like? Like Abby just happened upon this, this Angora um, rabbit and she just fell in love with her, him because he, he's just, he's beautiful and he's super friendly and, you yeah. know, we just love him. So um, that's different than choosing an animal for meat that has to have oh, yeah, certain. You can have an animal. They still have to meet their breed standards. Okay. I'm putting that out there right now. That's why I was suggesting the standards of perfection with Arba's mm-hmm. book. Because they list down all the points and everything else. So when you're doing show rabbits, like let's say Angoras, you cannot trim their fur. They can't get uh-huh. a haircut. They have to be fully grown, full okay. length. And the judges will grab a measuring stick oh. and measure the fur. That's how precise this is. It's kind of like, we crack jokes about it. Um, It's kind of like a dog show. But okay. we don't we don't have our dogs jump through or our rabbits jump through hoops or anything <laughs> like that. We stick them in a cage. The judge will examine their body, look at them, feel them. Mm-hmm. Some breeds that are they're mainly for show. Um, they have to do a certain pose or they have to be able to hop in a certain way for their standard okay so um but with the meat varieties they pretty much just look at their body structure the ear length the fur length the styling of the fur and their nails um a big thing i tell everybody especially the new people because i'm still kind of new to showing i've only been doing it for maybe almost two years but i'm a newbie still okay um i tell everybody that comes in because I didn't know you ever had to clip your rabbit's nails. Uh-huh. I never knew that. So uh one of the more experienced breeders that have been breeding forever, she showed her daughter actually showed me how to trim nails. And um that that girl has an old soul. Aww. I swear she is just a sweetheart. Um but she showed me how to clip the nails and I was like wow I didn't even know that. So after that I started clipping my nails for my rabbits and I would clip them before the show. Because you don't want to do it at the show. They're already stressed out enough. Yeah, that makes but sense. But I still take my clippers with me. And they're just little cat uh, nail clippers. Or you can use a fingernail clipper. And you just clip the tip off. You don't want them long. Mm-hmm. Um, because their nails will grow into the pad of their paw. Mm-hmm. Like any other animal if you don't take care of it. And nobody ever thinks you have to clip their nails. And it's always a big deal too. Yeah. And so... I will go over and I'll, I'll say, oh, did you clip your rabbit's nails? And the new people that if it's their first show, they're like, what? We have to do that. And I was like, would you like me to show you? And I Aww, asked permission. I love that. Yeah. And because you always want to ask permission before you handle someone's rabbit. Good point. Um, Some of us other breeders will look at another one and be like, can I get help? I got too many rabbits. Mm-hmm. Um, Because this last show I had my arm in a, um, I just had surgery done and it's very weak. So I wasn't allowed to pick up rabbits still. Oh, so um, it was all pitched in everything. It looked Aww. horrible, but I had help from the other breeders and their children will come over and grab the rabbits and put them in the cage. I see. So okay. it, everybody works together when it comes to showing because it's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. And um, we do something really fun with our shows. We have a potluck for the lunch. Neat. And everybody brings a, an item. And then um, at the end of showing, we all clean up before they announce the winners. Oh, and it's really fun because we all work together to clean it mm-hmm. and everything else. And then we get to stand there in a nice, clean um, building. <laughs> yes. Because the rabbit hair and the pellet, like the poop and everything else. But it's just a blast. I really look forward to every time there's a show. <laughs> so it sounds like showing is a it's it's more than just who has the best rabbit. But you no. really learn a lot about and, the process of of um, growing out a rabbit, breeding a rabbit. Um, yes. And especially with the meat varieties, it it definitely matters because you want, 
um, you want to get as much meat as you can for as much bang for your buck. And it, it helps you have another person's opinion mm -hmm. when they look at your rabbit and they tell you, oh, your rabbit's lacking shoulders, but this buck has nice shoulders. Mm -hmm. Breed those two together. They'll, the judges are amazing. They'll mm -hmm. sit there and tell you, oh, I would breed this one to the winner. And sometimes the winner is someone else's bunny. And you're kind of sitting there going, well, I got something a little close to that, but not the winner. So I will make do unless yeah. you, the other breeder is willing to do um, a breeding there at the show. Okay. Well, I think this has been super informative, Sierra. I really appreciate it. I know that there are a lot of people kind of considering meat rabbits, but kind of sitting on the fence. So I hope that this helps to answer a lot of those questions. And um, and your farm is Hammond Urban Homestead. And where can we find you on? So my farm is Hammond Urban Homestead. I have um, my Facebook profile or page. And then you just type in Hammond Urban Homestead and I'll pop up with my little decal that is like sourdough bread and everything else on it. And then I have an Instagram page as well. It's Hammond Urban Homestead on Instagram, Sierra Hammond on Instagram. Um, you'll see they interact a lot together. And then um, I have my YouTube channel. Okay. And it is I don't understand the at symbols at all. Okay. Like it does the at and then it says Sierra Hammond and then something behind it, like some okay. numbers. So I always tell people because they still have a hard time finding it, and I do even doing that. I just tell them to write Sierra Hammond, Alaska. And my, my account will pop up and it'll talk about urban homesteading in Alaska and all the different little things that's happened over the time that we've moved on to this homestead. Okay, perfect. And we'll actually put all those links in the show notes too. So it's easy for people to find. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Sierra. It was great having you. It's been really fun talking and learning about meat rabbits. And <laughs> it's a lot to chew. I'm sorry to say, um, it's just a lot. It, it really is. is. And I, I just absolutely love it. And I find so much amusement out of it, but yeah. It, it can be overwhelming. It yeah. can for some people if they don't know what they want. So I hope this helps people um, think about what they need for their homestead and what they're looking for. Because you know what? It could end up being you decided, uh, I just want a rabbit that I, I don't care what it's from. And I just hope some of this information helps. Um and I hope you guys enjoy your journey with homesteading. Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. All right, Sierra, thank you so much. It's it's been it's been a really good time. <laughs>